it's the end of the world, Katie. Mm. <coughs> world War Three is coming. Joy. <laughs> I, I'm especially uh, enjoying the war coverage right now. Or the hypocritical war coverage, as you know, I'd like to call it. <laughs> but oh, let's jump right into this fun little fucking ditty. Shall we? You're about to witness the strength of creep knowledge. Good evening. Welcome to the Fortean Slip. This is episode 206, Virgin Births, plural, plural people, they do happen in nature, believe it or not. Funny story about that, <laughs> I worked with a very heavily, heavily Christian guy when I was uh, young, just out of high school, just getting into work, I, I worked third shift at Walmart. And um, I worked with this guy who was, um, he was a biologist and he also studied theology. And uh, he informed me one night that virgin births are not a new thing and that they happen in nature all the time. And I said, doesn't that kind of blow your theory of Jesus apart? Because <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> What was but, his response? Uh, I can't remember. David was a really, uh, it was really weird because what happened was I was, um, I've always been of a different type of faith. I believe in, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know what you want to call it. I, I, I'm not, of, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not a Muslim. I'm not fucking Hindu. I'm not fucking any of that shit. I have very unique beliefs. So my boss at the time decided it would be fun to stick me with the heaviest Christian guy on the crew. <laughs> and to be honest, Dave was really a sweet guy. Um, super, super sweet guy. He was really nice and he was decent to talk to. And we wound up playing chess and shit on breaks. And um, I, I did not dislike the guy. Um I disliked a lot of the stuff that he did and would say, uh, but I, I didn't wind up having a great dislike for the guy. I actually, I actually respected him and liked him a lot in the end, <clears throat> but in the beginning, not so much, <laughs> <laughs> but he was, a, he was a fun guy to work with. Uh, I worked with a bunch of weird fucking guys at Walmart. Oh my God. I worked <laughs> with this guy that fucking balanced fucking uh, shopping carts on his chin. What? <laughs> Fred. Those things are pretty heavy. I won't use you know any last names here, but good old Fred. Uh, if Fred knew that I finally read Dune, he'd be fucking super happy. Uh, it, I he for years he was trying. He's like, you need to read Dune. It's it's like one of the greatest fucking science. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Just <laughs> I don't care. And now I've read it, and I'm like, it's a fucking amazing book. Why didn't I fucking read this? If he could see you now, right. Uh, Amy XAL says hi, hi Amy, and Phil Poling. Hi Phil, hi you Phil. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, um, 
it's been a fucking interesting we're in an interesting time um this whole this whole war in ukraine thing that's going on and you know everybody's like fucking ugh, one side or the other there's this there's this whole uh if if you question anything about the war you're somehow uh you know uh, uh, you're somehow supporting uh russia like i've said many times the war that is happening over there what's going on what putin is doing is a horrible horrible thing war i don't think it's the answer for anything and i think anyone who promotes it is is dog shit um it should only be used as a last resort there was no reason that he needed to invade ukraine in my opinion none whatsoever but if you if you it, even look at the fucking reasons for it and lay it out and say well even though i'm against it look at the shit that we did before pre all of this you know and you get roasted for it just fucking roasted there's so many people out there who are just getting lambasted for it it's it's it, it is ridiculous on a level I I can't even I can't even understand. Like I I feel like I need to go back and reread Animal Farm. I think because everyone does. We're fucking in it right now. We're in it. Yeah. And if you don't think we are, we are, folks. Like and it doesn't matter who's in charge. I don't care if you think that the Republicans if they were in charge it would be better it wouldn't. It would be the same song and fucking dance. Believe me. <clears throat> I don't think it would be any different. It's, it, it, I said to somebody the other day, when you see Democrats and Republicans agreeing on something, I hate to sound doom and gloom about shit like that, because you should think that when that happens, that would be a fucking good thing. Yeah, but no, you're right. <laughs> it's not. It's it makes you wonder, like, oh, oh, but but every other month of the fucking year, they're dog shit and horrible. Mm -hmm. But right now, by God, we're gonna be bipartisan on this whole Ukraine thing. Whew, we like selling weapons, don't we, Mitch? Yeah, now's the time to unite. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, it's a very interesting, interesting thing. And I like how we're selectively upset about civilian deaths and war. There's a place called Yemen, ladies and gentlemen, um, in case you, you know, you aren't aware of it, uh, because the media won't talk about it. There is a place called Yemen. Um, and we're very much involved in that. And that's why you won't hear about it. <laughs> And it was funny because I actually brought that up today in front of my son. And he was like, you know, that's funny because I actually know about that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's horrible, isn't it? He's like, yeah, it's absolutely atrocious. Yeah. It's fucked up that that's the way our American society works right now, though. We're selectively upset. Mm -hmm. We're selectively upset. But we're also we're being selectively fed, too. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot more avenues for people to go out there and get their information, though. 
Yes. Um, and I think that's I, helping. And I do too. I think in a lot of ways, people are, are, are uh, looking to other avenues for their information so that they're not getting spoon fed this uh, Gerber baby bullshit that is on uh, mainstream media. Yeah, um, I agree. This pureed fucking dog shit that they've made more palatable. Um, because the more palatable part is the dangerous part because it becomes propaganda. <clears throat> oh, it doesn't become propaganda. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I misspoke there. Yeah, I, solid I, I, correction. Actually, I actually had hope about my country for a second. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, God. But uh, so, but, and we've talked about this before uh, about the media for so long. And I remember Steve and I talking about this, you know, that, um, there was a time when when you could trust the me and you know the more and more i think about it the more and more i don't believe that statement i think i was totally wrong because i was in the car just the other day and don henley's dirty laundry came on and whenever i hear that song now all i can think of is give us brian laundry like the biggest misdirection fucking bullshit that has happened over the course of the whole year just it's all about the bullshit we've been being we've been spoon fed this bullshit forever and the fact that the fact that at one point in time I actually bought into it is it's disheartening at this point because they've always been this way. The the term if it if it bleeds it leads it is it's there for a reason. Yeah, and it's not a new term. No. That has been around for a long time. And it just you know, thinking back, I was just listening to somebody the other day that was talking about, well, we all thought Walter Cronkite was like the truth in news and and the truth is he was probably a piece of shit too. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But if history and anything I've seen has been any indication, I'm sorry, but he probably was too. Because the press has never been what we idealize it as. Yeah. And that's not to say that there haven't been journalists who go out there and do the work. Because there are. Sure, but they're not the ones that are really at the forefront. Correct. And when they are by accident sometimes because they write a book and it hits big or, you know, they write an article and it's amazing and it sells a lot of papers or whatever the case may be. You know, I think a lot of people get chewed up into that, uh, the corporate media machine. Yeah. Um. Somebody, uh, I think I was watching uh, Bill Maher the other night, and someone said that on Bill Maher that that uh, journalists, it used to be a very blue-collar job. And when you went into journalism, 
you were fighting for you weren't just fighting for the the people that you wrote to you were fighting for yourself yeah and now it's a very higher echelon you know good old boys club type of thing yeah and it's not necessarily all good old boys because there's women involved too but it's become this you know higher end type of thing that doesn't necessarily connect with the audience and I think it, I think it's very worth people looking into looking at this in this light. Yeah, because it's not the media that you're getting fed. I'm sorry. It's 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 bought. It's paid for. It's with advertisements, with lobbyists, right. with bullshit. It's the same as your government. Um, and I'm sorry. I, I like I don't I, I hate to start these shows out doom and gloom, but this is the time, man. This is it. Yeah. Like we're fucking living in it. If I, I you know if I said nothing, I would feel uh, like I just was being dishonest because this is how I feel. You know, right. I, I seriously feel like somebody it, somebody needs to fucking just make Animal Farm required reading for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Because I don't, I don't know how many times I could say this. The, the 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 whole idea of the rules being written on the barn wall and that only a few people can fucking read them and they're constantly being changed. It's it's happening, and it's yeah. happening at a degree that I I'm just like what? That's like the perfect illustration for exactly what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is an exact representation. So, um, let's uh, jump into the news. Let's get off this horrible subject. Uh, let's catch up with a ghost hunter. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I want to, but let's, Katie. <laughs> sure. Uh, from King5.com. Uh, paranormal investigator Aaron Ignatz, author of Hauntings Around America, tells us about some of the scariest places in the United States. Uh, some say that ghosts are all around you, from the ghost, uh, from the ghost, from the house you live in to the trail you just hiked. Award-winning author and paranormal investigator Aaron Ignatz, Ignatz, I don't fucking know, believes spirits are everywhere. In her new, oh, Aaron, did I say Eric? Jesus. Aaron. Yeah, said Aaron. Oh, I did? Okay. Yeah. In her new book, Hauntings Around America, Aaron shares her explorations of various locations throughout the United States said to be haunted. She joined New Day uh, NW, I don't know what that is, to talk about her experiences. Aaron Ignatz is a wife, mom of three, a published author, and paranormal investigator. She has been interested in the paranormal for as long as she can remember. Growing up next door to an old cemetery, she would find herself roaming late at night, watching, wondering if there was anything more out there than what her eyes could see. Years later, she would finally have her first paranormal experience in Gettysburg at the young age of 13. It was this spot of supernatural interaction that would set her on the path into paranormal investigating. Her professional career started while working in healthcare, specifically in hospice care. After some time off following the birth of her children, she began a new career as a writer and explorer. 
She has been fortunate enough to work with some of the best in the business, including including alumni from both Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventurers. Her career consists of spotlighting locations around the United States rumored to be haunted, while also bringing the audience the history behind each location. Ah, fun. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that she brings all that much information, but you know what I mean. I say, sounds like every other ghost hunting show but all right yeah all right yeah sure uh from the dailyrecord.co.uk uh what is the falkirk triangle ufo hotspot with 300 sightings every year many people would say the sightings of ufos and extraterrestrial life is a myth but if you live in bonnie bridge you'll probably disagree the sky has been home to numerous reported sightings, with most of them coming from an area known as the Falkirk Triangle. What is that, we hear you ask? Well, it covers areas of the sky above Falkirk, Glasgow, and Edinburgh. It's claimed people have spotted many mysterious things, such as flashing lights and flying saucers. Bonnie Bridge is dubbed the UFO capital of the world, and that's because there are over 300 sightings there every year. A study also suggests that most of the town's population have seen a UFO at some point in their lives. Last year, a paranormal expert returned to Scotland in a bid to shed fresh light on a decades-old UFO mystery. Malcolm Robinson of Strange Phenomena Investigations has lived south of the border in England for 23 years, but has now returned to his homeland looking to continue where he left off in 1998. Malcolm and local counselor Billy Buchanan hit the headlines back then with their investigations into sightings around Bonnie Bridge. The pair appealed to four prime ministers, David Cameron, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, and John Major, calling for an urgent probe into what was happening in the skies above the sleepy town. The Bonnie Bridge phenomenon <clears throat> became public in 1992 when businessman James Walker said he noticed some strange lights in the sky while driving home. At first, he thought they were stars but was startled when he saw them move and assumed a triangle shape. Around the same time, a family reported one of the most extraordinary sightings from the UFO hotspot. They claimed to have been walking towards Bonnie Bridge at around 7 p.m. on a clear March evening when they saw a circle of light ahead of them. And that's the end of the story? <laughs> wow. That, okay. The story just ends right there. Like it gives me nothing else. Let me let me try to refresh the page just to make sure that they didn't uh, screw me on this one. Yeah, no, it just ends. Wow, <laughs> that's a great story there, Daily Record. Yeah, thanks. Wow. Anywho, uh, there's a lot of UFO sightings in the Falkirk Triangle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Phil Poling says uh, they are everywhere. There's a lovely lady ghost in my lap right now. Uh, that's your hand, <laughs> Phil. That's your hand. <laughs> So let's see. What do we have next here? Oh, I guess the uh, the Phoenix Lights were 25 years ago. Oh yeah, I saw some about that recently. Yeah, I, I was gonna. Try, I tried to pull up a story for it, but it was a YouTube thing, and um, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't find anything that was just written out related to it. But yeah. 25 years ago, the fucking Phoenix Lights. Interesting uh, side note to the Phoenix Lights. One of the people that reported those first was uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good old Kurt Russell. 
Um, and the, the uh, quote-unquote UFO that I saw when I was younger very much resembled what the Phoenix... It was very similar to the Phoenix Lights. Hmm. Um, and that was here in Maine. So... Well, I've never seen a UFO, but last week we saw the sickest meteor on the way to work in the morning. Man, it was so cool. I reported it to the meteor tracking society and everything. It was wicked. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I love going out during the meteor showers, especially uh, where I work third shift now. Yeah. Um, and I can go out at night. Um, if we get a nice clear night, the last one we had, I watched them all night. It was so awesome. Just yeah, go out there's there one just... on my birthday every year. It always falls like right on my birthday. And there's been a couple of years where I've really been blessed and just sat out there all night long. And it was glorious. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. There was once I saw the, uh, the Northern lights. Ooh, they happened to, cool. it, yeah, they, I happened to see them here in this, wow. they happened to extend far enough down. And, um, I was, we were sitting out in the field getting stoned and we're just hanging out and I'm looking up at the sky. I'm like, man, the sky's at first I thought we were just high. Right. You know, I was like, <laughs> weed's really good today. Yeah, right. Damn. So I'm and I'm looking at the sky and I'm like, the sky's doing some weird shit. And then we both realized it at the same time, like what it really was, and we were like, yeah. holy shit. It yeah, was that doesn't really happen cool. a lot. No, not a lot at all. And uh, I happened to catch it once. And it was very, very cool to see. Um, very interesting phenomenon. Um, so let's see. What do we got next here? Uh, from the GreekReporter.com. Top Harvard astronomer believes aliens have tried to contact us. Harvard astron and this we've talked about this guy before, A.V. Loeb. He's uh, he's been in the news a lot about this uh, this thing. Uh, Harvard astronomer Dr. A.V. Loeb believes that aliens may have tried to contact us in 2017 when an object called Oumuamua flew past Earth. In a book published in early 2021, Loeb, who was the head of Harvard's astronomy department, asserts that the object may have been extraterrestrial in origin. When the elongated red-colored object was spotted in space, both scientists and alien enthusiasts took notice. Not shaped like natural space objects like comets and asteroids, Oumuamua was blunt in shape, measuring about a half a mile in length. The name Oumuamua comes from the Hawaiian for scout. <clears throat> Dr. Loeb believes aliens may be connected to Oumuamua. While the majority of scientists who have studied the object believe it is natural in origin, Loeb argues that it wouldn't be wise to rule out the alien hypothesis. In his book, Extraterrestrial, The First Signs, Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth, Loeb contends that Oumuamua is unlike any other space object known to man and may be the product of alien technology. Loeb stated in an email to Motherboard that the most exciting aspect of the possibility that Oumuamua is weird and unlike any asteroid or comet that we have seen before is that it might be a product of an alien technology. If so, we might not be the sharpest cookie in the jar or the smartest kid on the block. We should search for additional interstellar objects to find out, he continued. He rejected the mainstream opinion that although undoubtedly strange and unique, Oumuamua was likely just a natural space object and not a product of aliens. 
Most of the mainstream astronomy community continued with business as usual and ignored Oumuamua's anomalies. Some mainstream astronomers tried to explain the anomalies, but needed to invoke objects that were never seen before, like a hydrogen iceberg or a dust bunny that are not likely to survive the long interstellar journey. For its part, NASA states that the object likely came from another solar system and did not behave like a comet to explain the weird properties of Oumuamua with conventional natural processes. So studying objects of its type in the future will either educate us about an unusual natural source or about another civilization. Let's collect evidence and not rely on prejudice, he stated. Loeb is an Israeli-American theoretical physicist and astronomer. He currently serves as the Frank B. Baird Jr. Professor of Science at Harvard and was the longest-serving chair of the Department of Astronomy at the prestigious university. Yeah, that, uh, that one is a weird one. I have heard lots of talk about Oumuamua. It's... Uh, it's uh, it's weird. It is weird. I've heard about it a few times, but we lost you there in the middle. You lost me? Yeah. Oh, shit. How long? I lost you, and I thought it was just me, but uh, Amy has said uh, her as How well. How long was so, I out? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like 20, 30 seconds. Long enough that I was concerned. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you should have said something. Well, I did in the private chat, but. I didn't uh, try yeah, to I, talk admittedly I either. So. I don't. I don't have that. When I when I've got a story up, I don't have anything up, so I can't see oh. any of the shit. So if if yeah, I go yeah. out, say something. Oh, just fuck, right hey, the fuck. <laughs> uh, well, and I thought Jack, it might have just been me. So Jack says evening all evening. Jack, good to have you. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck would have caused that, but well, me weird. neither. But I'm glad you're back. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's, that, that would suck. All right. So let's move on. Dun, 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 dun. Our next story of the night from KY3.com. Uh, not the jelly. Um, <laughs> the place, fact or fiction, Momo, the Missouri monster, Springfield, Missouri, a Bigfoot-like creature roaming the rural areas of Missouri. Sounds like something out of a creature feature. But for the residents of a small Missouri town, the threat was all too real. The place photographer Mason Seidel, Seidel interviewed author and researcher Lyle Blackburn about the Missouri monster and learned about the history of the creature. Is, is that seriously the whole story? Oh, it's a fucking video? You fucking assholes. Those bitches. You motherfucker. I'm not showing you a video about fucking Lyle Blackburn. I've heard about the Momo, though. Yeah, uh, there's so many friggin' cryptids in North America. It's yeah, it it's just another Bigfoot. They made their own name for it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I've I always love looking at that uh, the cryptids across North America thing that yeah. map where you know there's this here and this there and there's this over here and this thing there and you know. Look, look, is there some truth to some of these stories? Maybe. In some of the cases, maybe there was something weird out there. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I know there's some really credible accounts from some people on some stuff. Not a lot of it, but there's some. Um, now, that doesn't lend credence to all of it. 
You know, it's it, you have to take everything as a case by case basis. Yeah. You know, I know that the liz- the lizard man of Skateboard Swamp. Let's take that for instance. Everyone that spoke to that kid said that he sounded very credible, that he looked very shooken up, and that the car was fucked up. Like, they didn't immediately go to, you know, it was definitely a lizard man. (laughs) Right. But they were like, something was fucked up here. You know, and this kid does not sound like he's telling a tall tale. Now, do I immediately go, well, then obviously he saw the lizard man. You know, I, we gotta, we're we all in on the lizard man now. I've got to be because some people said so. No. I mean, yeah, so people said that he was very credible. And when shit like that happens, I take notice. I'm like, okay, this is something that people think is credible. So that gives it a little more weight. Does it give it fucking, you know, tons? No. But it gives it some more weight. You know, when I think of things like the Jersey Devil. Okay, let's take that one, for instance. The Jersey Devil to me sounds like a fun fucking story. Yeah. That's it. A lot of them do. Yeah. I don't think that the Jersey Devil was... uh, here's, Here's my take on the Jersey Devil. I think if the Jersey Devil was anything... It was a misidentification of something else. Yeah. Completely. And that can happen. And it happens a lot. You know, I think a lot of your Bigfoot sightings are simply black bears standing on their hind legs. Hate to break that to you people. (laughs) But I think a lot of them are. You know, I think people uh, don't realize what they're seeing in the moment. It happens really fucking quick. The bear is probably, in most cases, just as scared as you. And it happens in a blink. You know, I think a lot of that is that. Now, does that does that mean that I think that every fucking sighting of a Bigfoot is bullshit and has to be a bear walking on its hind legs? No. No. It just means that I think that, by and large, that's the fucking case. Yeah. You know, it's there's definitely a high statistic of that that you have to weed through. Yeah. And there's there's so much like it. You look at the the Patterson Gimlin and 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 fucking my, you know, I go to the these two all the time, the the Freeman footage and Patterson Gimlin, you know, now do do I say that they're the fucking Holy Grail? No. I like them. That's what I'll tell you. Yeah. I tend to like the Freeman footage more than I like the Patterson Gimlin footage. Um, Just because I do. It's just a personal preference. It's not even based on anything fucking scientific or anything. When I say <laughs> right. that to you people, I'm just telling you how I feel. Yeah. You know, I don't have it based on anything. Like, I didn't have Phil, jackass that he is, tell me anything about the fucking video, you know, that made me think that way. Or I didn't have anyone else tell me anything about the situational uh, circumstances behind the videos that made me think that way. If I just look at those videos and take it as I see it, I go, hmm, that's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that I totally believe it. 
Right. It doesn't mean that I completely think that there is because I've seen the Patterson Gimlin footage that I totally believe that there's a Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest. No. I just well, there's so much context that's been added, you know, like it is just more than just a video anymore at this mm -hmm. point. Well, according to some people, it was a massacre. <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of blood you can't see. Phil polling the Freeman footage is real. God damn it. Phil, I'm behind you 100%. Just because you said <laughs> it, I'm going all in. I'm in on the Freeman footage. Fucking take that, Steven Stroyfurt. It's good. It's good footage. I listen of if I'm going to fucking put my money behind one of those, I would. That's just me. I like the way it's I I, I like the way it's filmed. I like uh the the follow through of it. Um and I know about his past and all of his bullshit. You know, right. but but Patterson and Gimlin th th listen there was bullshit there too. Oh yeah. So let's not try to act like either one of them were fucking saints. You know, most of the people that came out with footage and or casts and or whatever back then were fucking hoaxers. Yeah. You know, let's call it what it is. It is a fucking community by and large of hoaxers. I'm sorry. I know none of you want to hear that, but it's the fucking truth. It makes 12-year-old me really sad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it, makes, it makes that kid that I was that watched those Sunday afternoon fucking programs where they showed you creepy shit, where I first saw the fucking video of the Patterson-Gimlin footage, and it scared the fuck out of me. Because unlike the other stuff that I saw on those Sunday afternoon programs, it wasn't something that they presented as a fictional portrayal, a horror movie or whatever. It was a fucking documentary. So, I mean, this... that The fact that that stuff that the, everything can be pulled apart, it just destroys it. It yeah. destroys the magic of it. it takes you all know, the fun right out of it. Right. You know, but at the same time, do I want to be fed a shit sandwich with some sugar on it? And the answer to that is no. Every fucking right. time, no. I don't want to be fed a shit sandwich and have it made to taste better. I just don't. Uh, and Phil Poling says, actually, Paul Freeman wasn't a hoaxer. Well, Phil, I'm even more on board. Let's fucking all the way. I'm all the way in. It's this Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Remember that? What was uh Yeah, I think I do. I want to say that I do, Jack. I want to say that I do remember the Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. There's a lot of that shit. Okay, I, was, I feel like my, I've heard of it, but I've definitely not seen it. My my wife was just listening to some fucking old timey radio program. I think I talked about it with Phil. That was like the Twilight Zone. Mm. Like this has always been fun shit, and yeah, 
I've gone back and read like some old uh, science fiction and fantasy shit from like the early 1900s. And I went, I, one of the things I went back and read was the uh, Who Goes There, which was the basis for the thing. Um, and that short story was so far ahead of its time. I mean, it's, it's more of a, it was more of a, a novella than a, um, uh, than a short story, but I mean, just amazing. Like the, how he went into like the, the genetics of the creature and how they, you know, they couldn't destroy it this way or what I was in shock. But the, the thing that blew me away about it was everything back then was about atomic energy because nothing had been done yet. Like they hadn't cracked the atom yet. So everyone was speculating upon what atomic energy would bring. And that, that was, that's some fun stuff to read about. Um, looking through the eyes of the people at that time. You know, not realizing that atomic energy is just going to be this destructive force. <laughs> right. Creates all kinds <laughs> of radiation. It doesn't create X-Men people. <laughs> it creates the toxic Avenger and not in a good way. Uh, so, and let's get into our last story of the night. Uh, since that one was a fucking bust. Our, our fucking top story of the night we should say uh fatherless mouse pups born from unfertilized egg and asexual reproduction breakthrough from iflscience.com to us mere humans the concept of parthenogenesis is alien from early in school we are taught that creating a new mammal life requires sperm to fertilize an egg which then begins an eruption of de developmental processes to become an embryo Parthenogenesis, the reproduction method of choice for some animals and plants, does away with all of that. Who needs a male when the egg can spontaneously become an embryo? Except it isn't so easy for mammals, owing to an important genetic process called imprinting. Imprinting involves specific markers inherited by our parents, which can affect how certain genes are expressed. A gene may be present in our DNA, but imprinting can decide if it is turned on or rendered completely useless by turning it off. For partheno, uh, parthenogenesis, imprinting has been a huge gateway, preventing mammals from asexually reproducing. Now, in a study published in the journal De Developmental Biology, researchers from Shanghai Jia Jiao Tong University have successfully created viable mammalian, mammalian offspring from an unfertilized egg by manually modifying the sites usually imprinted opening massive avenues in everything from agriculture to research. Bypassing imprinting and developing offspring from an unfertilized egg is an extremely challenging task in mammals. Imprinting acts on specific sites in the genome called imprinting control regions. Through the process of methylation, which adds a specific chemical group to DNA to prevent proteins from reading the gene, essentially turning it off, Targeting these sites requires accurate addition or removal of methyl groups while leaving the underlying DNA code unchanged, a process that until now has proven difficult. The team of researchers led by Yan Chang Wei utilized single guide RNA, 
which acts as homing beacons to specific regions of DNA. An attached either Cas9, which you may recognize from CRISPR-Cas9 technology, or messenger RNA, mRNA, to add a methyl group or take it away from the imprinting control region, respectively. Acting on seven specific sites, the researchers rewrote the imprinting on one copy of each gene, but not the other, before stimulating the egg to begin development into an embryo. The embryo kept the edited imprinting as if it was naturally inherited, and when implanted into a female mouse, began developing successfully. Out of 192 embryos transferred, 14 developed into pregnancy, and three were birthed as live pups. Unfortunately, only one of the pups survived to adulthood, highlighting the need for improvement in the process. However, the growth of a viable offspring, which went on to have offspring of its own, demonstrates the first case of parthenogenesis from an unfertilized mammalian egg. Such results may have huge implications from the targeted imprinting alone, but if parthenogenesis can be refined to produce more successful pups, may even have even wider applications in medicinal research, agriculture, and more. While it is a massive milestone for genetic research, parthenogenesis in mammals has a long way to go. Such epigenetic imprinting could have off-target effects in which it changes the DNA and portions of the genome that researchers are not targeting, and this needs to be fully understood before it can be applied widely. CRISPR-Cas9 research is facing similar challenges, although at a much more developed stage. That is, I guess, kind of cool. There's a lot of animals that do that already. Yeah, there are not mammals. No, um, there are lizards that do it quite regularly. Um, There's some sea life that does too. Yep, um, uh, amphibians, um, most notably frogs, uh, are known to do that quite a bit. Um, where they just they asexually reproduce when there's no males present, and then when there are males present, they will uh, reproduce with a male. They will heterosexually reproduce. So it's 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 a very interesting thing. And it happens because they, they, especially with these lizards, I read, because they get so uh, tightly condensed, the females wind up being in the middle of their, uh, their, the, their territory. So it's only when they get out to the outer fringes that they wind up mating with the males. Hmm. And it's really, so it's a weird thing, but it happens uh, quite a bit. Still, that's crazy, though, that they've uh, managed to figure that out. Oh, they're going to figure out more than that. Don't you fucking worry. Good old technology mm-hmm. just storms forward. And, hey, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm grateful for that shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, if, I mean, if you think I don't want to have better quality of life as I get older due to technology, you would be wrong. <laughs> um. I, you know, I've watched many people in my life grow old and go through a lot of pain and have a lot of suffering. And if there's some way that we can mitigate that and make things better for people without having to have them on fucking, you know, high powered drugs that fucking knock them the fuck out and basically take their life away from them anyway. Like, I'm all for it. Right. All for it. You know, let's fucking do the study and let's let's do the research. Let's find out the ways to make people have a better fucking quality of life. Because if we're going to live to be 75, 80, whatever, you know, why should we be fucking miserable for the last 20, 30 years? Right. I don't think that's 
I, I think that idea, that whole idea that, you know, that's just what you should expect is kind of bullshit. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are just afraid of it getting into the wrong hands type of thing or the going in the wrong direction. But it also, this stuff takes so much time too, that it's hard to even have any hope that it's going to be applicable to my life, you know? Well, I, I, I have hope with like the stem cell research that they've done. Yeah. But that's come a really long way. Right. They, it's come a long way and they got away from, uh, so that the, the religious advocates wouldn't lose their fucking minds. They right. found a way to, to to do it without using, you know, the discarded embryos or whatever from uh, abortions. Right. Uh, they found a, a way to do it where they take them right from you. Uh, yeah, use your own stem cells. Right, which is fucking interesting. But yeah. the, the, the the therapies that they have available now, uh, I know Mel Gibson went on and talked to Joe Rogan about the stuff that they did for his father. And it's incredible. Yeah. Like, and Rogan has talked about it for a long time, like the stem cell therapy that he's had for his shoulder and stuff and how it just did amazing things for him. Yeah. He didn't need surgery anymore. Right. And, and I, I, I know there's talks of them being able to regrow teeth instead of uh, cavities, filling wow. cavities. You know, just they just pull the fucking tooth and then just regrow it. That would be cool. You know, I mean, that's that's the type of technology we need, you know, because let's face dentistry is fucking fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like the shit. I'm sorry, but going in to have fucking work done on my teeth, it's fucking bad. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, and if blows. I could just at this point, if I could just go in and be like, yeah, just pull that tooth and just give me the stuff that makes a new one grow in. <laughs> I, I'm good with that. Yeah. Let's right. just do that. Um, And I actually knew a guy that was like that. I knew a guy that was a shark. He <laughs> fucking just regrew teeth. That's weird. Yeah. And I don't know how many times this had happened, but they weren't his baby teeth. And he would lose a fucking tooth, and then another one would fucking be growing in behind it. Well, that's super weird. Yeah. Super, super weird. I saw something today about a, a dude that fucking had this rare case of hairy tongue. Hairy black tongue. Ugh. Gross. And my son was here with me, <laughs> and my son looked at me and said, "I would shoot myself in the fucking head." Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, right? I'm like, that would fucking drive you crazy. Uh, Could you imagine having a hairy tongue? No, nope. Cats have kind of hairy tongues, but I, just, I, I, I thought about it for like two seconds and wanted to like fucking go uh, insane. I was just like, ah, no. Uh, it's a horrible thought. It it's is a horrible thought. Inner sanctum. I'm assuming that's something that's uh, related to what I was talking about earlier, Phil. Yeah, I think while you were talking about that book. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, last said night, guys and girls don't have nightmares. I assume Les was taking off for the evening. Uh, he usually does at some point. Um, but yeah, it's it. it oof. Oof. I don't know. I don't know, and it's a weird world. Back to get back to uh, the beginning of the show, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking weird world right now, and um, I hope that everybody out there can find their way to navigate it. Um, pro- I don't want to say properly because it sounds so haughty, but I guess in a way that works for you, 
Um, hopefully you find the, the proper information. Um, cause there's a lot of dog shit out there right now. And I just feel like it's, we're not talking about things the way that we should be. This, this idea of proper discourse has been so thrown out the window. It, it I don't know what happened. It, I, think, I used to. I, I think we all need to work on our discernment skills. We all need to hold our discernment close to us and <laughs> use discernment. <laughs> that too. Absolutely. Um, but I just, it's, it's such a, it's such a weird world world we're all navigating in right now. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the best thing is to tell people it, you know, you want to be like, be good to one another, realize that we're, you know, we're all on this fucking planet together. And, you know, we all have more in common with each other than we have fucking, you know, differences there's so much that can be said but it sounds trite yeah it just sounds trite like because because stuff's shitty and nobody wants to hear it gas prices are fucking through the roof fucking shits you know uh fucking heating oil prices are fucking crazy i mean people don't want to hear it and by and large i'm sorry i've said this before we're selfish yeah we only give a fuck about what's going on in our little bubble. And when you get outside of that, we lose interest really fucking fast. Really fast. Unless we think that thing that's happening outside our bubble is going to affect our bubble. I.E. Ukraine. Because somebody mentioned using nuclear weapons. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell everybody. You know, I, I'm not, I'm obviously not some fucking, you know, person in the know. I'm just a fucking dude. I, I just feel like we just need better, open, honest fucking discourse. You should be able to talk about why this war happened and not be crucified for it. And maybe ways we could have avoided it. And not be crucified for it. Yeah. You know, um, I just like, and like I said before, when I hear Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and the Congress getting along or not so much getting along, but agreeing on something. That's where my fucking alerts go up. That's where my red flags just start popping up all over the place. If I was ice fishing, those motherfuckers would be popping up all over the place. It's not normal. You know, when when I hear that Mitch McConnell's on board, I'm just like, well, wait, the turtle stuck its head out? What happened? Because that shit does not happen on any other day, on any other issue. It doesn't happen. But you put war on the table and those motherfuckers come together. Oh, it's like the Last Supper. <laughs> They're all in. It's fucking crazy. But it, you, you add military weapons, 
government spending. By God, they love it. It's terrifying, though. <laughs> it is. It is. And the fact that uh, and the fact that there are so many people that buy into it in this country that just that toe that those lines. That's what makes it even scarier. Yeah. Makes it even scarier. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 40 and slip episode 206 virgin births. Uh, if you like this shit, um, you can uh, go to Anchor and uh, subscribe to the show or go to any podcast service, subscribe to the show, download the show every week, um, help pad those lovely downloads. We like that. Um, you can go over and check out Bronx Johnny over at High Society Radio. I still haven't reached out to Johnny. I know he was going through some shit. Um, and uh, I need to check in with him, see how he's doing. Um, and you can go over to uh, the Facebook page where we're broadcasting right now. Um, and, uh, you know, like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page, comment on the stuff on the Facebook page, fucking, you know, hit that algorithm, make them motherfuckers see this shit. Facebook.com forward slash the 40 and slip. And last but not least, uh, go over and check out dread fun, youtube.com forward slash dread fun. Uh, I spoke to dread to Fred this week. Um, and, uh, Fred and I are going to collaborate on doing some new artwork for the show, um, featuring Katie and I, um, I don't know when he's going to start that. I'm going to talk to him in a couple of weeks. Um, I am commissioning, commissioning him to do the, the artwork for the show. And I'm also going to commission him to do another piece for the like page i just haven't decided on what i want to do with the like page yet as far as the the imagery um but uh but i definitely do have one picked out for the show and um and i want to uh i want to i I gotta figure out within the next couple of weeks what i'm going to add into it like the all the images that are going to be a part of it uh and then make sure he can do it and uh go from there but uh i am excited to have fred doing the uh artwork for the show again um and we'll see what what uh should come of that but uh until next time uh when we will be back next monday night at 7 p.m we should be uh, at our normal time 7 p.m tonight i had some shit going on but i had to push it a little bit um we'll be back with our regular show I don't know. Maybe we'll have a topic. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just do the news. Stay tuned. Until then. See ya!